Hello and welcome to the latest episode of the Online Warriors podcast. We are not quite into the month of May. We are rounding out April with a very special, very intimate one-on-one episode. It's for the boys only. And by for the boys only, I mean, ladies, this is a dream show with you guys. That was it's, creepy. It's Don't, all... This is for the boys only. We're going back to for the boys only. <laughs> this episode is for the boys. A sausage party, whatever you want to call it. Tactic and illegal, your boys. Shout out to, to us. Uh, Nerd Bomber, unfortunately, unable to join us for, the, for this episode, but we still got a great episode lined up. And I was just talking to Tactic about last time we did this. This is a fun fact. This is a behind the scenes. I don't know if we've said this on the show before. Maybe it makes us look bad, but it's too late. I'm already talking about it. Last time Tactic and I did... This was probably two, over two years ourselves. ago. Like, it was a this while. This was a long time ago. Uh, Nerd Bomber does not miss at many, very many episodes, if, if any. She missed one. I don't remember why. I think she was sick or something. I think it was something like not very interesting like that. I think she was sick. And so we did an episode by ourselves. <laughs> and I don't remember why. It was my fault. I know it was my fault. We recorded an episode that was, you know, standard like hour and change episode. And we got to the end. And I think I thought I was recording with my phone or something. I don't know. Long story short, I didn't record the right way. So we had to do it again. And we recorded two hour-long episodes in a row in one night. Yeah, this was pre, pre-mixer pre era too. So we didn't have a USB backup or anything. Pre, Pre-mixer, pre we, we had no backup. So we had to do it all again. I remember we were like, and you know, uh, the episode, I'm sure you guys remember, it was probably great. Me and Tectic, by the time we did the second one that eventually went to air, we, we had it all down. We had the timing down. We had the jokes down. We knew what we were going to say, so we just said it again, and that, that was great. But uh, I, I also, I don't want to do it again. So so I can confirm right now, I am recording, and in Tactic, I know you're recording as well, so we're going to get it in one take today. That's that's the goal. I think it's an easy one for us to meet, and uh, we're going to have a good time. We have uh, three fantastic news topics today. We're going to be talking about Netflix, and in particular, their animation some of their animated shows have been canceled. We're going to talk about why. You've been hearing a lot about Netflix lately. You know what we're talking about. We're going to be talking about a new game that was announced coming May 19th, which is very soon, uh, Deadcraft. I want to talk about that a little bit, an upcoming action RPG. And we're going to talk about a law being uh, floated across the pond. Not like, like it's not floating across the pond to England, but like they're floating it over there. A law related to what you can and cannot do behind the wheel of a self-driving car. So... Lots to dig into. Also, we'll note at the top of the episode, if for some reason you only tune in for our quiz segments, first of all, that'd be interesting to me. I'm like, I love the quizzes, but like, if you're skipping the rest, that's kind of strange. But we're not going to be doing a quiz today because it's it's a one-on-one sausage party. This one's for the boys. And boys, I guess, don't like quizzes. I guess that's what we're going with. So Apparently, it's trendy that boys like breaking ice. So unfortunately, we don't have a shattering sound. I'm not sure why this is a trend on TikTok, but hey, if you're cool with it not being here, then let's continue. We we like breaking ice. Yeah, that's like a weird I didn't know that. TikTok trends. We like taking big chunks of ice and smashing them. Okay. I'll, uh, well, I, I can't do it now. I'll have to work on it. I don't. That's not a talent that I have immediately available. So. Right. There you go. So let, let's, let's dive in here. Let's talk a little bit about... Uh, let's talk about the UK. The United Kingdom, they have self-driving cars just as we do. As reported by the BBC, the highway code is being updated. An update will arrive this summer that addresses uh, what is and is not legal in 
automated vehicles, also known as self-driving cars. There's a draft amendment that says that watching television from a car's infotainment apparatus, which is, you know, if you've seen a Tesla, it's basically just, you know, a screen that's kind of like around where the instrument panel is, uh, will be legal in situations where automated driving itself is legal. It's worth, there's a couple things about this that before we discuss, I want to get into using your phone or handheld technology is still going to be illegal. This is an interim measure that, yeah, it, it may not be available until 2025. It may be available as early as next year. So nothing is for sure yet here. I just, I, I so here's the thing for me. Like, I, I love the idea of us moving closer to a world in which automated driving is not just available, but is commonplace, right? Because I'm, I'm not the kind of person, I'm not going to be on the bleeding edge of this thing. I think because of anxiety, but also just because it's not proven yet, right? It's peculiar to me because I see what they're trying to do. They're trying to ins- basically incentivize like, hey, you, we're loosening the ro- ropes a little bit. You can watch on this screen, but this screen is also connected to your car so that you can get notifications of, hey, you got to take over. And I get that. And that's cool and all. But to your point, it's, it's, it's just not going to be there. And first and foremost, it absolutely needs to be encouraged because there's the whole accordion theory. I might have talked about this on the show, but a, a slight breaking of one car turns into a complete traffic stop, you know, 20 miles right. back based on this, this ever-growing accordion effect. And so right. something well, like autonomous cars needs to take off. But until they actually start doing things from an infrastructure standpoint where you can have these are self-driving car lanes only, and then they can just fully take a nap because it's only self-driving cars. It's completely isolated from the rest of traffic. It's not going to take off. Right. That's the goal is, I, I, I do think when you say, what's the ultimate goal of, of self-driving cars? Uh, Taking a nap, I think is, is the number one goal for me. Like, like, I mean, think about the typical, you know, American use of cars. Like for me, at least, the main time I use my car, most of the time. Is to take a nap is well no it's 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 driving to and from work and like in the in the morning when i drive to work if you gave me the choice of would you rather be watching television during this time or sleeping i'm gonna choose sleeping every single time but like i i television being able to watch tv is like it's a step in the right direction there's no doubt but there's also like i also think there's something different here that's in the works of like like human psychology almost of like I got my driver's license and I've had it for whatever, 10 plus years. And it, you, you condition yourself, you know, and, and any American driver or any, any driver in the world, I guess, is going to be conditioned to when they're in their car and the car is moving, you're going to be focused on the road, right? And like people, people text and drive, people do other things. Like, yeah, people let their focus slip while driving, but watching TV is a different level of focus. But like, if I was given the ability to watch TV in my car right now, it would be the, the most gonna be anxious f- car drive ever. <laughs> exactly. It, it, it's I'm going to be looking at the screen to watch the TV, but then every five seconds, I'm going to be looking at the road and I'm going to miss what's going on on the TV. And I'll look back at the TV and say, what did I miss? And it's going to be this ping pong thing that might just be more stressful than anything else. Whereas like if I am comfortable enough with the car to close my eyes and go to sleep, like, I, I think there's a different brain wavelength there. Like, I, I think I would have an easier time doing that than like being awake, being aware and like not just constantly looking up at the road, you know? Um, so I, I don't know. And it also like, it's, it feels a little farcical to say you can watch TV, but you can't use your phone 
because in so many ways and in, in so many circumstances, what is a phone but a little TV? <laughs> like, that's a little minimizing of what phones do, but like, keep people watch YouTube. I don't want to, I don't want to be, you know, distrusting of everything ever, but in part, could it be, you know, the car companies sell based on, hey, you'll get this notification if you need to pay attention. But the other side of it is now you have to buy all these apps. And is there a little bit well, right, of a, you know, right. faking data so much to sh- to force them to get a little bit more money out of you? I don't know. But personally, I at the end of the day, until it's a completely disassociative experience, it'll just, it'll never take off. I don't care what laws you get creative with. This, just this, this to me, it seems like a step in the right direction, but it's it's not the incentives. The, the, the true incentives, right? We're we're all we're all working day in day out to earn that scratch. The key incentives right. are: hey, we're going to give you a a grant or whatever, whatever, whatever. What a what a, what are they called? Uh, Stipend per diem. Sure, whatever companies give <laughs> to incentivize buying these things, give give that to to customers and let them sleep. And you got yourself a thing. Right. And also, to another side note, why wouldn't, like, say, a, a billionaire that wants to get in on the ground floor just build a roadway and... Well, right. I, I, I think that's the, one of the smartest things that you said. It, well, not ever, ever but, like, just in ever, relation right? to this, this <laughs> conversation. I just, like, I think when you put a bunch of self-driving cars on a road and don't allow regular driving cars on a road, my trust... Maybe ironically, but my trust goes way up because like if you think about it too, like mixing self-driving cars and human driving cars is a recipe for disaster because self-driving cars know what kind of margins they need to like make it through an intersection before another car goes or like make a turn in a certain amount of time. Whereas humans might look at that and say, oh, they don't have enough time or, oh, they have too much time or, oh, I'm going to go because they're not going to go yet. Like there's just there's a human element that has to be on both sides. Otherwise things will happen. And if you take that human element away from both sides, then I think, well, things will happen. You will get, you will get non self-driving cars trying to drive in the, we'll call it, we'll call it the, uh, the robot lane. No, the the (laughs) AOV lane, the awake OV occupancy vehicle lane. Okay. So you all know about the HOV lane, the high occupancy vehicle lane, where if you have more two or more people in your vehicle, you're allowed to go in it because it's you know theoretically reducing the amount of cars that are on the road at a given time. That the diamond, said, the diamond, the diamond lane. Yeah. That said, yeah. fines are at a minimum of a hundred dollars for getting pinged. So even the state can benefit from fining. If 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 jerks want to be jerks, let them be jerks. Find the snot out of right. them. It's it's a right. win-win for everybody, except for the I just I guess, I, infrastructure, but. Whatever. I think that's like I think you're right. I think I I mean, what the heck? We almost talked about Elon Musk today, but that got left on the cutting room floor. Elon Musk clearly has more money than he knows what to do with. Why doesn't he I mean he he's you know, Tesla's his thing. Make a Tesla only road. That then people can say and, and that's something for his company to tout too, by the way. Say last year there were only two accidents total on, on all the Tesla roads. Oh. And there were 10,000 accidents total on the non-Tesla road. Like, you know, like, it's that's, the kind of thing that would build confidence. Yeah, absolutely. Right. Oh, I couldn't. I mean, I doubt it would be That's probably the that, smartest things you've like, ever said on this show. Yeah, we're, look, we really. <laughs> we're big we, brain. When Nerd Bomber's not around, when Nerd Bomber's not around, we crank the highbrow way up. It's because it's you oh. cast the shadow. 
with her big brain. Yeah. And we're just intimidated. Big brain by content it. only here. Yeah, we I I think we we feel a certain I don't know. We could just we, we could just whip comfort. them out when she's not here. Our big brains. Yeah. Our big brains, right. Nothing else. So yeah, no word on when this wall will actually hit yet, but uh be on the lookout for this. I think you raise a good point too about, you know, these infotainment things in the cars. How do you watch TV on them? It seems like a great opportunity for Tesla or any of these companies to price gouge the crap out of consumers and say like, oh, you want to watch Netflix in the car because it's allowed now? That'll be $10,000. You know? <laughs> Sucks right, well, to sorry, you. 10,000 10, pounds because this, this is this is in the United Kingdom we're talking about. But that's like, it does feel that way a little bit too. Maybe we're just distrusting, but like Netflix is probably like... Which by know, the way, it shouldn't be a Tesla only road. It should be a self-driving car only road. I don't want it. I don't want it to be like this elitist group of people driving cars only on the road now let me well let me let me quiz you for a second because i don't know i'm sure there is one name one other self-driving car besides the tesla i thought honda came up with one i i don't know if if they did i don't know about it that's kind of my point is like that's kind of tesla's thing of that and like the ev stuff but like if Honda came up with one, and like the self-driving thing is like, I bet Honda has one that's like, it self-drives on the highway. And then which like, I get that that's still impressive, but like, it's not the same, you know? Sorry, I just, I just slammed on Honda for really no reason, but I want companies to do better on this. And I want them to come out with, maybe they should, yeah, combine forces and come up with a self-driving car. Tesla, only GM, be on Toyota, Mercedes. Oh, you're Google, you Googled it? Yeah, there's tons. There's tons of options. They need they need to market themselves better. And also, are we sure those aren't like concept cars? That's I bet they're like they're concept cars. Like they you can't actually have one. I don't know. We'll figure it out. We'll look into it. But uh do you think that self-driving cars should allow their drivers to watch TV while they're being driven? Let us know. At Online Warriors One is our main show account. At OW the U eighty six is me. At OW Tactic is is my guy Tactic over there. You can also tweet it at OW Nerd Bomber. Just to throw her off. Confuse the crap out of her. Yeah. Just confuse the crap out of her. She knows what we're talking about today. She Reach uh, out to her and say, Hey, she, we listened to them and they whipped it out. And she's gonna be like, What? They did what? She had a hand in selecting these topics. She probably decided that like these were the ones that we could handle without her. I don't know. You have to check in with her to, to figure out what her thought process no, was I there. The but, uh, well, you picked the topics. I concurred with the topics. Would you black out there? It's a democratic process <laughs> through and through with the online warriors. Let's move on. Let's, let's move to video games. So I want to talk about Deadcraft. So Deadcraft is the game I teased earlier, coming out May 19th, 2022, launching on PC via Steam, PlayStation 4, PlayStation 5, Xbox One, Xbox Series X and S, and Nintendo Switch. And, and on that note, so this is a post-apocalyptic world, uh, upcoming RPG, action. I don't know what you call the perspective. It's obviously not first person. It's not third person. It's kind of like top-down sort of thing. What platform, first of all, do you, are you interested in this game? And second of all, what if you are, what platform? For me, this is a Switch game. That's where I'm going with this. This is a through-and-through Switch game. I disagree. For me. Okay, well, that's that's good. That's what, that's what podcasts are all about. I want your unbridled take. This is through and through a PC game. Okay, explain. I mean, this this feel and, and that type of view is all of the games I've played on PC. And, and and specifically, what this game reminded me of is a less cute Plants vs. Zombies. Especially okay. with the... I, well, the, the, there's zombies. Well, yeah. Certainly. But um, one, there was the art that actually showed a plant growing out of a zombie's head. Two, there were pea shooter zombies, which pea shooters are literally in Plants vs. Zombies. 
but there's also you're not just building a wall of plants so so it's not fully plants versus zombies but there's some some key indicators that remind you so you take that and you combine it with do you guys remember the game prototype do you remember that game i do i never i never played it i always wanted to when he had like the mutated arms and he was slashing and and dashing oh yeah that was prototype vibes through and through but like I said, those kind of top-down views, they remind me of the strategy PC games that I play. Well, so they, they, they got me in a mindset. This this trailer, I guess, got me in a mindset. At first, I was like, okay, so it looks kind of like Borderlands, which I think there are certain commonalities there. It's a little cartoony. It's a little... I would. It's a little irreverent, not quite in the way that Borderlands or like Tiny Teens Wonderlands would be, but it, it, it has a little bit of that going for it. But it also really reminded me of like like old flash games on computer like there was this one game i played the crap out of i wish Proving i could my name... point old flash i am proving your point but i i wish i could remember the name of it now but it was like it was a zombie defense game where you were you were basically just defending yourself against waves of zombies and it was like it was very graphically crude obviously but that was it like where you the point was it was this you were blocky yeah you might have played the same one i can't think of the name it's did it have a two-player option too it did have a two-player option oh, so i'm sure we're thinking game. of the same one but it just like it reminded me a little bit of that in that it looks like it's focused on arcadey fun. Graphically, it's not like it's it's good certainly, but it's not trying to wow me with that. Which I do think you know I, I've talked a lot in the past you know few months on this show of like graphics don't do it for me anymore. I always expect too much when games when games impress upon me. They're like that. Was wait, it Boxhead? We're going for really good graphics. I think it was Boxhead. <sighs> I loved that game. Um, Boxhead was awesome. If it's still going on, go pause the podcast. Go play it right now. I sunk hours into that game, and I'm not saying that was the right thing to do, but it was fun. I, so I just yeah, I like when games go graphically hard, like and when they when they impress upon me that like we want this to look very realistic and graphically amazing. I'm just like I'm ready to be disappointed. This was much more like we're gonna go with an art style that like it still looks beautiful. It has a lot of really vibrant colors. You see a lot of the you know the zombie arms things like that and it's really fun and it's not going to take itself too seriously but it's going to focus on really cool gameplay i was into this i don't know about the name the name i struggle with a little bit not that i necessarily have a better idea but deadcraft it's like it's like they combined names of other games that were really good and we're like yeah this will play it just seemed kind of strange to me what would you have preferred zombie craft or craft and zombies I mean, zombie craft would be better, honestly. <laughs> like, you pull that out of your butt, and I think it sounds better. It just it sounds a little bit more interesting to me. Yeah, obviously, this trailer was a little bit light on like. Well, I should. I was, I was going to say it's a little light on plot, but I think that's because they're, this game might not be the kind of game that has a whole lot of plot. Which again, I think is fine. You know, like, I, I I think, but that's to me when I see a game like this. Like and you said, you think PC, and I I talked about flash games, so it makes sense you would think PC. I think Switch. Like, Switch for me, I don't... Plot-driven games on the Switch doesn't make much sense to me. I think it's just a game that you can pick up quickly is is what I look for on the Switch. I think there is a plot, and I think it was subtle. And and this goes back to, really, overall, I think the trailer could have used some work. Because with a game like... It was very short. Yeah, with a game like Deadcraft, you'd think they'd lean into the crafting elements of it. And you just kind of saw these faraway views of various blobs and swishy swishy moves and i really wanted to know like like how do you collect all of these zombie parts to make a blob that's 
somewhat functional. It had arms wailing and things like that. So are you trapping zombies and, and sticking them together? There's there's this weird crafter in me that really wants to know the gory details. And I mean gory details. It's a zombie game for crime and sake. Let's get gory. And there was like, at one point there was a, it was like a zombie gun. Like I, I it's, it was, yeah. And it was flashing by so quickly. It was hard to understand certain things about it. But yeah, you, you collect, ostensibly at least, you collect zombie parts, you create zombie weapons and or freestanding beings and or appendages, it looks like, for yourself. Yeah, that game lives um, and dies on the zany creations. Why wouldn't they lean into it? Especially, the yeah, the zombie gun that just kind of chomp chomps. I, and I hope it's called a chomp right. chomp. It, anything shy of a chomp chomp is honestly disappointed. And, and I, th- I think I agree. It lives and dies by that. So the main question becomes just how free form is that? How many common... Because presumably you're collecting certain parts... And then you're combining them in some way, right? But how many combinations are there? That that's what that's what forms the basis for any sort of longevity for this game. How long can you play this game boils down to how many different things can you create? Because you're probably gonna get a lot of different enemies, but they're gonna be stock enemies that eventually will become the same. So what can you do differently to defeat them? That's where the fun comes. So um looked like there were some pretty interesting boss enemies too. Uh, based on what little we saw but but again yeah again, we mean, only that, saw it from the top up. down and it's just, it was so right. quick so here's my question to you based on the brief thing that we saw is this a day one buy for you is this a wait and see where, where, where this is, is your... a wait and see this, this is a wait and see for the reason i think i just said you know i, I need to know how long like what's the play time on this and what's the replay value on it because again my perspective on the plot like you said there may be a little bit of a plot there it probably doesn't have a long playtime. It's probably a, the kind of game, to me, it looked like a game that emphasizes, okay, you can play this through once, and when you p- finish playing it once, the first thing you're going to want to do is play it again and do it differently. I, I just, I, like, how how long or how good can a second playthrough be, I guess, if you're just rehashing a lot of the same combinations you already used? I, I think that's, that's what it boils down to. So I'm going to put my Nerd Bomber hat on because I know exactly what she's going to say. This game reminded me a lot of Hades. Oh my goodness, that is a great comparison, especially with the view style. Can you elaborate on that? Well, I thought okay. Nerd Bomber wasn't going wasn't to be here. Oh, sorry, she had to go. She, she just she, left. She, but but I'm going to continue where she left off. <laughs> so I can kind of see that Hades point. And if they do a similar fashion where you're kind of trapped in this loop, I think that you can get that replayability. But in my personal opinion, with these kind of hoarder games, and we've seen it in Left 4 Dead... A really awesome tool is co-op, especially with with this yes. kind of camera view. You, you're if, if it's a split screen or not even split screen, if it's a shared screen, a shared experience. This is screaming couch co-op for me. Well, again, again, uh, going back to Boxhead, Boxhead was and it was a stupid flash game, but it was it was shared screen. You can't exit if if one person standing somewhere, the other person can't get too far. Um, which lends itself to how, a zombie game. Can I tell you how slick we were? By the way. We had two. We had a wireless and a wire, wired keyboard. We were using different keys so that it works with the multiplayer, but we weren't all up in each but other's business because because it was serious. Right. You got sweaty, but whew, we had we had the setup. Who was we? You and Nerd Bomber did this. My brother and I. <laughs> That's. I was gonna say this game. Boxhead had to be what fifteen years ago. Sh- I mean, yeah, shout again, out, it might shout still out to my brother out. as my 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 box my boxhead compadre. If I Google boxhead, like, am I gonna get any? I mean, I'll get something. Yeah, oh yeah, Boxhead uh, 2. You could still play it. Boxhead, yeah, Boxhead 2 play. Currently still, yeah, it's very much going on. Wow, I didn't realize it was still, I mean, it makes sense. It was amazing. 
Uh, Boxhead <laughs> Two plays awesome. Go 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 check it out. Yeah, yeah, so here, I, yeah I here, here's our review. Lends itself well. Yeah, here's our review. Don't play this. Give it some time, but absolutely play Boxhead Two. Yeah, well, even you have time. You have you have basically a little over, a little less than a month until this game comes out. Another thing I would say about this one too, depending on like whether I day one buy it, is the price. I don't think this should be a, a sixty dollar game. I don't I I don't know if that's if it's intending to be that. Uh, I would think not, but to me. Thirty, forty dollars. I, I, I don't know. I want your opinion on that as well. But to me, it's not a, it's not a day one. I don't know if it is for you, but no, I'm all about Boxhead Two right now. I'm so hyped for this. That's the thing about Boxhead Two. You know, free ninety nine. You go. On, I mean, if you can endure an advertisement or two. I really hope uh, they have like devil things too. Just, I, I, I really hope now that it's just a complete rip off and reskin of Boxhead Two. A Boxhead Two. The devils in Boxhead Two. Oh my God! You're bringing me back. I love how this just turned into an advertisement for Boxhead Two, but I'm. It was it called? It's called Bo- there's Boxhead and there's Boxhead Two Play, and Boxhead Two Play is obviously the one where you can co-op. It's the fourth game of the Boxhead series, so there's there's a lot to dig into here. It, it's great. I yeah, don't know. I n- no notes on Boxhead. It's awesome. And then it next week we'll review Line Rider. Oh, Line Rider was great too. There, you know, we should. That should be another secret. We just recorded a secret segment before this, but that should be a next secret segment. Is like the best. And no, we should do let's play flash games. Did you did you ever play? And now we're just off the rails. I don't care. Did you ever play? Because um, I was big into the, and it was like a huge, huge genre at one point. It might still be uh, the escape room games, the room escape games. Those, uh, those like there was this one called Crimson Room. Those frustrated me so oh, much. Man, they were, I just clicked everything and didn't know why. Didn't know what I was doing. Was not That's a big escape did. room guy. Hated those. They had all those like stick figure sniper games. I mean, they just, yeah, man, flash games. And then you had like, the ones that were like park the cars and don't hit any other cars. And there was the stick <laughs> figure make your own move like action sequence. Did and then, there, well, yeah, that I did that one. Um, I did uh, this. Well, everyone knows Quop. You played Quop. Quop was a big deal for a little bit. It was like a, it was a total, that was like a viral flash game. That was what I would call that. You played Quop, right? No. Well, maybe. I'm not Quop. remembering what a Quop Qu- is. So Quop, it's Q-U-O-P. And it's called that because those are the only four keys you use in the game. And you have to, like, the Q and the W control the thigh muscles and the O and the P control the calves. Oh, I there was that running leg, game. And you have to run 100 meters. And it's freaking impossible. Yeah, that <laughs> game was not fun. It was the best. It was so addicting because you sucked at it. That was like the whole point. Is like I'm so bad at this, I have to do it again. And you just you just and you look up and it'd be four in the morning. Flash games are great. Deadcraft is coming May nineteenth, twenty twenty two, again to to PC, PlayStation four and five, Xbox One, Xbox Series X and S, and Nintendo Switch. Uh, check out the trailer if you haven't seen it already. It is short. It is light on details, but it paints a pretty fun picture that uh, we may very well be into. So that takes us to the halfway point of the show, the halfway point of the uh, For the Boys episode, as we are calling it. And uh, we're going to shout out one of our boys at this point, Stephen Keller, our Patreon producer and a knight at our square table. Thank you, Stephen, for continuing to support the show at the knight level on our Patreon. As a result of his support, Stephen gets this producer shout out. He gets access to the monthly secret segment and vlog. And of course, he gets the occasional guest spot on the show and input into the weekly game segment, which unfortunately, Stephen, this week is not happening. 
because we're light on staff, but we're going to hit it just as hard or twice as hard next week. So get ready for that. For any of the details on any of our levels of support on Patreon, you can head over to patreon.com slash online warriors podcast. There's also a squire level of support, which is not quite as high as the night that gets you access to the monthly secret segment and vlog. And there's also a page which gets you access to the monthly secret segment. So again, details on all of those tiers can be found at patreon.com slash online warriors podcast. Thanks again to Steven. We'll take a short break and we'll come back to talk about Netflix. Hey there, everybody. Seth Heasley here from the Hugo's There podcast. Every month on the podcast, I have on a guest and we discuss their choice of the winners of the Hugo Award for Best Novel. So if you're interested in nerdy books and nerds discussing books, head over to hugospodcast.com or search for Hugo's There anywhere you get your podcasts. Thank you so much. Okay, welcome back. Uh, we are joined by a very special guest here in the second half of the episode. Uh, welcome to the show, Nerd Bomber. Nerd Bomber, you came back. Hello. I heard it was for the boys <laughs> this week, and I was like, this can't stand. I have to come in and you said, it. Yeah, you said, I got to put a stop to that. Honestly, really smart. Really smart move on your choice, on your part, I should say. I think we were doing really well without you. Um, not to. Okay, like, then I'll, I'll like leave. Sh- Bye. No, I'm not like shading you. I'm just saying. I think. I, I, let me put it this way. I think it was going surprisingly well. I. Th- I don't think the boat was taking on too much water. Uh, but it's good to have you back. I really um, hope my impression was a fantastic head fake. Like they were like, oh man, and then oh, okay, she's back. She's back. We made some promises uh, that you'll have to keep on the first half of the show, and you'll have to find out what those are. We're not going to tell you now. We talked about things that you we would have loved your opinion on. But you put them on Twitter. Uh, We talked about a game. We talked about... What was the first thing we talked about? I already forgot. Basically, your Uh, input to Deadcraft is that it reminds you subtly of Hades. And I thought that was a solid opinion. Tactic provided... Well, you came on the show. I don't know. Do you remember coming on the show? You came on in the first half very briefly to talk about... I must uh, have blacked out. must have blacked out. Well, you sounded a little bit different, but it was like... It was pretty much you. So... Uh, we need to talk about Netflix. Now, Netflix has been very in the news recently. It felt it felt appropriate for us to bring it up because they're taking on water, as it were, which is a weird thing, right? Like, like Netflix, to me, f- first of all, I don't know how Netflix makes money. I mean, they uh, well, it's not true. I know you have to pay for Netflix. I understand that. But like them not having ads while all other streaming services basically, like, well, I guess just Hulu has ads. It's always been a weird situation for me where I'm like, how, which one is doing it right kind of thing. Right now, it seems like Hulu is doing it right because Netflix is, is taking on some heavy losses. And I wanted to, you know, the story here is Netflix is canceling some animated projects. Uh, the Twits, which is based on a Road Doll novel. I used to love Road Doll as a kid. And Bone, which was a, a, a highly anticipated adaptation from critically acclaimed comic uh, Jeff Smith or of the critically acclaimed comic from Jeff Smith. I just, I wanted to talk about, you know, let's say you're Netflix and you're a streaming service and you're, you're bleeding. Okay. Where should Netflix be putting its development money? Like what, where should they be cutting? Assuming they want to avoid ads and they want to avoid like what they've been talking about for years, which is like policing people sharing accounts, which I don't think can ever happen reasonably. You know, they have to actually cut costs and cut down how much they're spending on developing content. Where do they cut? Where do they cut? What do they cut 
is an interesting question because you These know I think Netflix million dollar budget movies that are just okay. Well, so that I, I do think that maybe the answer. I, I'm going to tell you where I don't think they should cut animation. Where well, animation is one. They should not cut animation. If only because I believe BoJack Horseman is like one of their most popular shows ever. Yeah. So, um, b- b- before you switch, yeah. I want to kind of focus in on that. The people making the decisions are so out of touch of what is actually popular. They're saying that the animation direction should be focused on animations such as Boss Baby, which, sure, Boss Baby was fine, but let's be I didn't honest. See it. Yeah. And the majority of people really watching these anime films are actually adults. And not only not only shows like BoJack Horseman, but Nerd Bomber and I just finished another show, Genlock. And again, that's that's a very much no children allowed, but it's like great animation style. It's 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 gripping. We watch Avatar, we watch Legend of Korra. All of these shows are adults watching them, and they're gonna focus on Boss Baby. Come on, you guys are so out of touch. You guys need to take a step back and actually look at statistics that mean something and not what you're interpreting them to think they mean. So the Mitchells versus the Machines was just nominated for an Academy Award. Arguably should have won. It was a fantastic movie. Like, I, I just, I don't think, uh, Love and Robots is another animated show on Netflix that I know is super popular. It just seems like... So to me, animation is very popular on Netflix right now. The other thing that they absolutely, and I think they're doing this right, in fairness, they should not cut, but rather they should put a bunch of money into, is their reality content. Well, reality uh, in general, and maybe I'm speaking out of turn, but yeah, reality television is super cheap. And every time they do a reality show, like Love is Blind is, yeah, is insane. I watched Indian Matchmaker last year. I still, I don't know why, but it's just like the, the, the... the reality shows and like my fiance is watching Selling Sunset right now. Do you guys know what that one is? It's just like oh yeah, a bunch of people. It's just like it's it's a bunch of like ladies selling houses in I think Orange County. I'm actually not sure, but it's like there's drama and it's a reality show and like you reality shows are you know what you're showing up for and you usually get it, especially with Netflix. And they're super successful. The Circle is another super successful reality show they just came out with, and I'm sure they're going to keep pumping that out. They need to be putting all of their money into that. And, and the other thing I want to say too, like you're totally right about the big budget movies. Like they very often do not hit with those. Like you could argue the Irishman was a big deal. I think Roma was also theirs. So that was a big deal that, that I think won Academy Awards. But I, of them. I don't know if those movies were like super big budget. I guess what I'm talking about. They're not blockbusters. Like, yeah. They're not the ones I feel like they're spending a lot of their money on like the Ryan Reynolds type movies where there's a ton of special effects and CGI. Like I look at the Irishman and yeah, I mean, there's some like, obviously you have to spend money on costumes and they got big names for that and what have you. Right. The actors, a lot of them, like I feel like a lot of money now in movie making is spent on, you know, CGI and special effects. And when you have these like grandiose chase scenes and action scenes and Michael Bay explosion type things, I'm pretty sure that's more expensive than if you just have like people around talking. Can I just say I love that you can't say explosion without Michael Bay. Good for good for him. Shout out to Michael Bay. Michael Bay will go down in history as the master of explosions. The explosion guy. Yeah. Well, so so did you guys see Red Notice? Because I didn't even watch it. And that like they spent so much money on Red Notice. That's so much money. Well, I heard it was bad. Like as soon as it came out, it like the Rotten Tomatoes score on it was not great. It was like average at best, and I was like, right. 
I didn't hear it was bad, but like it just there is there's a huge difference between going to see it in a theater and deciding whether to watch it on Netflix or not because you can just I don't know the decision playing field is different there and like the same like I know the Adam Project is supposed to be actually pretty good, but like I don't know when I I, I think there's a mentality that was actually when decent, I turn on Netflix, but it was just like average. When I turn on Netflix, it's not what I'm looking to watch. It's it's not. I don't know another example which I did watch, but like it was barely it was it was just memorable enough for me to remember it and to remember that I believe all three of us watched it was Project Power. Probably cost them a good chunk of money, and I would say it was forgettable. In spite of the fact that I just remembered it, I would say it was forgettable. So 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 like literally to, to when me, you mentioned it, I went, oh yeah, that was a movie. <laughs> when I think about Netflix, you know where they need to be putting their money is in like what what are netflix's most most famous and most popular properties whether they're still on or not because i think of uh stranger things which is is still going on um although i saw that the budget on that and i might be misquoting this number but i think it was like something like 30 million an episode i'm like if you're hemorrhaging money that doesn't seem feasible and sustainable either I'm i'm curious what the parallels of season one to to season now is as far as oh, what the a cost lot more is. a lot more money uh we never talked about that trailer by the way we should we'll, we'll shunt that to like next week or something because that deserves an entire segment but uh, another one i would say and i never watched this show but i know it was insanely popular probably not that expensive to produce was uh orange is the new black like t- to me shows like that and even shows like ozark well, Orange That's is the what New Black, Netflix, like, that was OG Netflix, too. That was one of the first yeah. originals. People were like, hey, you have to get Netflix. There is some good stuff on here. Exactly. Their 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 content production name at that point really meant something. And now it means nothing. That, that, that's kind of the point I'm making. Like, it's almost like they are, they're overdoing it with, with things where, like, you want to, pro- like, okay, nonfiction reality stuff is one thing, but, like... In terms of fictional content, shows and movies, I think you want to maybe reduce it to a steady stream such that what you're making actually shows some forethought and actually means something rather than what they're doing now, which it's a lot of it's just crapped out. Like, I'm they sorry, throw like, a I, lot I just, of stuff at the wall. And like sometimes you get a Bridgerton, which is super popular. And sometimes you get, I can't even think of a bad show, but I like I feel like there's bad shows that I watch for a season. I'm like, right. what is this? And then I never go uh, back to it. I mean, a stop clock is right twice a day, especially when the clock is as big as Netflix is. Like, a stop clock is right twice a day. There's no doubt about it. But they, like, they need to change. And the point I wanted to make, and, the, the, like, this news article, cutting animation, I don't think is the way to do it. If only because, also, the thing we're not mentioning, like, we talked about, like, you guys watch Avatar, and, like, BoJack was a big deal, and, and you know, all these things, loving robots. But, like, there's also, like, kids make up a huge part of Netflix's audience, like during the day, especially when, when, when the adults are working, the kids are watching Netflix. Well, like it, it's kind of as simple as that. They want, they're not cutting animation as a whole. They want to redirect animation to focus on content similar to that of Boss Baby. And so they're going to still hang on to that kids market. But I just, Which is such a weird I think, target. You're right. It's a, I think it's, target. I think it's not the majority of animation. I think the majority of animation is, is us weird adults. We love that stuff. But also like maybe they're not, wrong if i'm remembering correctly wasn't mitchell's versus the machines wasn't that like kind of a studio production that then they came in and bought over covid because it wasn't going to have a theatrical release like maybe netflix is saying like hey this did really well 
And maybe we don't need to be doing all of this first party stuff in house. Maybe we just wait for the circumstances to present themselves to buy a really good title that's already, you know, got the legwork behind it. We'll know exactly what we're getting and exactly like what we're going to spend for it. Yeah. When you're producing something yourself, you don't know what kind of production overages you're going to end up encountering. I mean, that happens in movies all the time without fail, I would say. So like maybe they do now just want to be like, hey, we want to watch like an end product, say this is really good and snatch it up instead. Yeah, but that to me seems more like a lightning in a bottle situation where they're going to just pay for all of this crap and, and maybe find one gem or two. I just wonder, you know, looking at looking at Hulu, looking at Disney Plus, you know, to some extent too, even looking at like Discovery Plus and other, like their vision seems so much clearer right now than Netflix's is. So, so, so I understand their kind of thought process behind, okay, we need to like pare down certain things and like try to hone in what we're doing, but I don't think cutting animation is the way to do it. Like I, I get, I get your point certainly that like they can maybe cut their original animation and, and use that money to buy, you know, legit good things like the Mitchells versus the machines was, I think you were right about that, but I, you got to cut the big movies. I, I, I think you kind of hit the nail right on the head from the beginning and they're not planning on doing that. It sounds like. And that's just, that's very strange to me. They just need to invest in more episodes of Married at First Sight so I can drag Tectic with me on these really long journeys. We got one episode left. They're probably working on it. Well, it's a lifetime show and there's like 15, 16 seasons. But right now, Netflix only has one available. And let me tell you, I'm running out of episodes to watch. It's basically gone. Yeah. The other thing I will note too, like another thing to me, a pillar of Netflix, I have to imagine I haven't looked at, I haven't like correlated it in time looking at the graph when they lost the office that probably hurt him pretty bad because <laughs> like when you think about like the amount of time I spent on Netflix in my life I don't think it's an overage to say half of it has been on the office or Parks and Rec and they lost well, both, they lost at, both at the same time and then friends too yeah all three they just lost gone. friends they got Seinfeld but Seinfeld it might be like I watched all of Seinfeld on Netflix but it might be for an older audience that isn't on Netflix as much. I also, so I had this I just, conversation with people that I worked with and Seinfeld is something. So like the office you can put on in the background, you're making dinner. You don't like, it's something that you can get sucked in if you want to, but it can easily just be background noise as well. Same thing with Parks and Rec. Seinfeld, I feel like you have like, whether you mean to or not, you end up paying more attention to it than you wanted to. And it's not something you can just easily throw on in the background. So a lot of the plays people were getting out of The Office and Parks and Rec and shows like that were like, hey, you know, I'm doing laundry or I'm doing homework and I need to put it, I need some kind of noise to keep me company, but I can split my attention. I feel like you can't do that with Seinfeld. So they lost that. Part of it is probably because you've seen the office many, many more times than Seinfeld. But, but like, like for me, the office was, it was that sort of comfort food kind of thing where like, Oh, I've seen this episode six times, but I love it. So I'm going to put it on. And I, and like you said, I could phase in and out and that's not a problem, but I will say to your point, and I think you're right. Like Seinfeld, and it's, I think it's the genius of Seinfeld, but it has, it has to be what you want. Like the quality of the narrative thread that runs through a Seinfeld episode is just different than that of the office or of friends or of parks and rec where everything's going to connect at the end in a very specific way that you're only going to understand fully and appreciate fully. If you've watched the whole thing uh, pretty attentively, you can miss things. You know, it's, it's almost, it's also like the West wing, which is another show that I love, but you cannot not pay attention during that show. It's not possible. But, but yeah, going back to Netflix, like I, I just, 
they seem listless at this point. I'm curious to see what they do next. If they introduce ads, they're going to die and it's going to be quick. Uh, that's, well, I that's, think that's my theory. One of their problems, of that. my, what I think where it went wrong. So Netflix and I, I'm stealing this off a meme and I'm doing so unabashedly. I don't know who made the meme originally. I saw it on Reddit. I'll admit that. But basically Netflix came in and everyone was torrenting, not me, not any of us here. We're upstanding citizens, but people were torrenting I've and seen that's this how meme. they were getting content. Meme. And then Netflix basically came in and kicked like all of the torrent sites out because it was like, hey, you know, you can pay this one small fee and get everything you pretty much want. But now there's like all of these different services and people are jumping ship. It's not like you just have your Netflix membership and it's just running year round. You have like six services and a lot of times you're bouncing between. You might not sign up for a year. You're going to month it here, then switch to another one for a few months. Because right now, I mean, if you add up all of the different streaming services, you might as well be paying for cable, which is like the antithesis of what people right. wanted when people core cutted. So. Is this the Simpsons meme, or am I thinking of a different meme that's making the same exact point? It's the Is it Moe's Tavern? Yeah. Yeah, it's Moe's Tavern. It's a great meme. Uh, we'll we'll put it on our we'll put it on our show account and credit the person if we can find it. I don't know. If you know if we can, I don't know. I can't find it personally, but we'll we'll, we'll look for it. It's a great meme. Uh, yeah. What should Netflix do? Should they cut animation as they are clearly planning on doing? Is the boss? The boss, the boss baby, or just boss baby? Is boss baby that good of a movie? Because I don't no. think so. Uh, okay. Can I just tell a story? So about how good boss baby is. Friends of ours had just had a child, and we went over to their house, and she was still like a toddler at that point. Couldn't really like I don't think she was speaking, just crawling timidly, like wasn't super mobile or anything like that. But she loved Boss Baby, and so you know they had it on at their house while we were eating pizza and just talking, because she was watching Boss Baby. And every time we tried to like we would loft a question over in Tactics direction and be like, "Hey, what do you think?" and he would just be lost in he would be like, baby. i'm i'm busy <laughs> yeah yeah so no, I, i've been it, there it's apparently a good movie according to tactic i respect that if, if a movie's on and if it can hold my attention for two minutes that's it don't ask me anything until the movie's over i, I feel that there was a boss baby too too wasn't there there was there yeah was. shout out to the boss baby or just boss baby i think it's just boss baby i probably won't watch it but it's what Netflix is going for, which I feel like is just, that sums up this entire news story and, and the state of Netflix right now. Let's talk about what we've been up to. It's What Are You Up To Wednesday? What uh, are you up to Wednesday? Was that the clip or was that you? No, that was again? me in real time. Because it sounded like the clip. So you've gotten some consistency down on that, which I, I appreciate. Uh, I'm going to go first. I, 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 have, I have two movies. I, so I finished my move, basically. Two movies and a life experience, you know, that's that the same old thing. Um, I, I'm a big fan of Nicolas Cage. That's that's public knowledge at this point. I watched a movie called Moonstruck. And, and let me be clear. I came in, Ooh. I think, 20 to 30 minutes into it. Have you guys seen this movie? I saw the trailer. Tectic won't let me watch I'm it. I'm too old to watch it. I don't think it's, that's true, but please enlighten us. So, it's great. Okay. Ha! The premise, the premise of this movie is Cher and Nicolas Cage. Well, that that's it. I just said the premise for you. They're both Italian. They're in New York. They're in love in their strange way. It is just bizarre. It, to, to, watching the movie, and I said multiple times when we were watching, I was like, this is, it's like 
it's like it, at times it's like if a third grader had seen a Nicolas Cage movie and knew who Cher was and was like, I'm going to write my own movie and they're both going to be in it. Like it felt a little bit like that. It also felt like a fever dream that someone just dreamt and wasn't a real movie. And yet Isn't it that was how a real most movie. Nick Cage movies go. Uh, well, okay. Yes. But like not <laughs> in this way. And I think the X factor is the fact that Cher was in it. And by the way, not only was she in it, she won the best actress Oscar for this movie, which is just she's wild to me. This movie's worth watching just because it's very strange. It's not a good movie. I don't think it's a good movie, but it's, it's worth watching. In a similar vein, we watched a movie called As Good As It Gets, starring Jack Nicholson and Helen Hunt. Oh, that's an oldie. Uh, it is. It came out in 1997. One of the few movies where she won Best Actress and he won Best Actor. Not many movies can do that, guys. It, it was... It was I would give it a five out of 10. It was just like, it It was very, so the premise of the movie is he is the worst person ever. And also he's 60 and there's a waitress who is literally over 20 years younger than him. And for some reason falls in love with him. There's more to it than that. Greg Kinnear is in it and he's awesome. And like, there are good nuggets to it and the acting is phenomenal, but the premise, it was weird on top of the fact that like the age difference between the love interests was kind of gross. So I can't really recommend it, but I've seen worse, I guess, is, is where I'll leave it. But the main, the main, what are you up to? I want to talk about is, uh, I saw, I saw you two beautiful, your two beautiful mugs for the first time in a while in oh, person. Uh-huh. Um, Hi. and, uh, Tactic was gracious enough to apply his Tactic abilities to the new house that my fiance and I purchased and help us out with an electrical problem. So they came by and I, uh, showed him the new house and. It was fantastic, and I appreciate y'all. Most importantly, uh, I mean, seeing you was great and everything, but finally got to meet the pets, man. You met Cooper. And Charlie. Like, both of them were great. Yeah. I was I was having a good time with both of them. We're, we're pals. Cooper barked a lot. That's kind of his way. But then he came over at one point and was happy getting belly rubs, so it was... He came around. It's yeah. He's, he's a people dog. One of the online warriors mascots. He's a big fan of the show. He's probably listening right now at the door, waiting for me to finish. But yeah, I appreciate you guys coming by. That was fun. Uh, Nerbomber, welcome back to the show. What do you got for us? So I'm not going to steal the big hurrah of our weekend from Tactic because I know he's very eager to talk about that. But as I mentioned before, we are still watching Married at First Sight and we have blown through season 10. And I have some thoughts and I feel like you haven't seen this, right? Illegal, you have not watched this. I don't think I've watched a single episode of this. There, there's there's other shows like this that I know I have watched. 90 Day Fiance, I think I've watched some of, but which is very similar. different-ish because a lot of the times the 90 Day Fiance is like... They, they're catfished they like or online. like... They, yeah, they met online. Yeah. These are like people who are expertly matched, supposedly. And I'm here to say like, the, yeah, experts the experts are bunk. Suck. Yeah, the experts suck. I also oh, want to okay. say, in order oh, oh, to enjoy oh, the show, they- hang on, hang on. In order to enjoy the show, yeah. you can't watch it in episodes. You have to basically turn it on and off based on convenient fade outs. Yeah, because the episodes are like two hours long, which in like Netflix time without commercials, because this was originally on Lifetime, it's more like an hour 40, but it's still, it's you're basically watching a movie. So we pick and choose. We don't go by episodes. But one interesting thing I did find out, and again, thanks to Reddit, apparently this was made by the same people who made Love is Blind. Fun fact. Look, 
give some credit to the experts. What they're trying to do is very difficult. And I love them for doing it and for trying it. Yeah, but there's like... There's one dude in season 10 specifically who is like very clearly like... So the, the process here is... You get married to a complete stranger. You know nothing about them. You just put your faith in the experts. Then you go on your honeymoon. Then you come back and they give you an apartment, much like Love is Blind season one. And you live in a shared space that's kind of neutral to both of you. And you like make it your own and then test out your relationship for eight weeks. Then you come back and say whether you want to, because you're legally married at this point, whether you want to get a divorce or keep sticking it out. And there is one dude in this season I'm not going to tell you who I don't want to spoil it completely, but like he doesn't even like attempt. He doesn't move in even halfway through the honeymoon. He's just like, I not feeling this. And it just drags on forever. And it's like this dude clearly has no intent of like, right. And he's like, if you know, you know, right. You should just cut the cord. But the, it almost seems like his intention is to kind of promote his business almost and get exposure and celebrity, but like he comes off looking bad. So I think it backfired and I'm not really clear. Like, I feel like even just talking to the guy, the experts should have been like, mm, okay, this is not going to work. Like we're not going to have you on the show, but I mean, pe- people did. go on for like, like, I'm pretty convinced that's what shake did from love is blind season two. He just went on for the exposure. Like, I think there are people who do that. Whether it works or not is another but thing. But how do like they not said, weed I would them imagine out. it backfires a lot. Eh, these people are cagey. Or they don't weed them out because they're good TV. Sounds like this guy wasn't, Drama? but like you could make the argument that Shake was. I wouldn't, but you could make the argument. But that's been kind of the majority of what I did this weekend. I mean, it was beautiful out this weekend. The first like kind of taste of spring. We're going to get snow got- in the northeast again in like a few days. So we were outside a lot. We... I got a little bit of a sunburn. We walked a bunch. I was going to say, we did I got pretty yard work. I was like, one of my arms is bright red. Right. Yeah. yeah my face, I, like on lunch today, I went out for a walk and in that like half an hour walk, my face got burned and I'm just yeah, so confused. I'm super embarrassed. I got a farmer's tan. Sunscreen people, PSA, you know, do the do. No, I was just making fun of you guys. I don't burn. I know you don't. I was trying to turn it back on you and turn it into a PSA. Uh, well, uh, Tactic, it sounds like we're moving over to you for the big weekend event that was teased. I'm Batman. So we finally watched Batman. And I got to say, it was capital F fine. It, he was a yep. great Batman, but he was Welcome a to the party, man. terrible, terrible Bruce Wayne. I, I really do. I like the villains were fantastic. Penguin was great. Riddler was great. Even Alfred was great, but... But Bruce Wayne was... Yeah. Alfred wasn't in it. He wasn't in it enough. I agree he was good. He wasn't in it enough. And yeah, I agree that he was a bad Bruce Wayne. This is... Yeah. I'm glad... Welcome to the party. Like I said, it's just like... And, and, and now imagine seeing it in theaters, being super excited about it like a month ago. And then coming out being like, that's it? Because that was my experience. I was like, I, really? That's all? That's what this was? I will say it was nice from... Based on your impression of the movie versus ours, it was nice to have the auto-adaptive brightness on the television. Because I was I, able, I, can to, I was able to see every punch, no problem. Yeah, I'm, je- but I, I'm jealous of that. I did like that he was sort of a flawed. He was basically like if I went and strapped up my costuming, you know, I took it out of the box and, and put it on and everything, and went fart and crime. I, I know how to fight. I can hold my own. But every now and then, mm. I'm gonna I'm gonna fight. I'm gonna fall and hit a bridge or something when I'm in my squirrel suit. 
why i i liked and i think i mentioned this when i gave my review of the movie the first fight scene that he's in he's like taking punches and you're like oh like it, yeah. it, it like sets the tone i don't well care how it. good of a fighter you are if it's 10 to 1 someone's gonna land a hit right. and that's just, that, that's that's what i'm always sense. telling nerd bomber when i'm in a scrap and it's 10 to 1 someone lands a hit it happens he gets into those a lot. yeah it happens all the time i've seen a few of them uh don't get me wrong listeners he always wins but sometimes it's touch and go uh okay so capital f fine is is the review anything more you want to add on that uh nope that's it no okay uh well as we mentioned uh it's a quizless it's a quizless day look sometimes brains need a break okay we go hard here with the, with the trivia and the knowledge and uh i need the time like i'm i'm backsliding my record i'm, I'm last right now i said let's take a beat so I can really like start cranking through Jeopardy test questions or something, try and figure this out. So next week I will be taking on, I believe it's Nerd Bomber. No, I'm the uh, host. As regularly scheduled. See, You're the that, host. Okay. That's so. why though the quiz got delayed today because I was the host and then I wasn't sure if I could be here. And then She's I just surprise didn't guest. write one. So here we are. So next week I will take on Tactic for, I don't know, try and regain my dignity. I think I said that last week, but um, it's still true. Uh, until then you can leave us a review on apple Podcasts. go hit us up there tell us whether you like the show whether you don't like the show hit us up on our twitter handles we already mentioned those uh, in the midst of the show and uh in general just just keep on keeping on be kind to each other and uh, i'll let tech take us out with the tech tip so the weather's getting warmer everyone knows that the bicyclists end up on the road just watch out for them i know sometimes they're out early and, but you got to be careful because being on those bicycles, they're probably just too tired because it's, it's, it's a bicycle. Have a good week, everyone.